broadcasting a beam of unfocused wonder from the future, it's Project Moonbase. My name is DJ Bongo Boy. My name is MC Zirconium. <laughs> and I am a prisoner. <laughs> Help. Don't listen to him. He's living a life of luxury up here on the moon. Lies! <laughs> Welcome to this uh, highly buzzed-tastic version of the Project Moonbase podcast entitled... Honeybee, honeybee... <laughs> We have been alluding to the world of the bee in the last few shows, mainly because of the love for the great Jean-Jacques Perret and uh, his version of Flight of the Bumblebee. Yeah, which contains his orchestra-trained <laughs> bees. Now, we'll be well, we're hearing that. We'll be hearing that later on the show. But inspired us to go for a theme, a whole show a theme around the world of the, the life of the bee and honey and such like. We, we do promise to you that we won't be hearing anything from Arthur Askey. And amongst all of the bee-themed music, we do, of course, have MC Zirconium and his unnecessary news. And this week I have been speaking to the mighty internet hive mind and extracting <laughs> from its stories. <laughs> and we'll be hearing those later on. We're going to get right underway, though, by hearing the great Hammond organist extraordinaire, Lenny D, creating some amazing sounds with the Hammond organ from a double-disc set you can get called In Demand. Lenny D with The Honey Dripper. <laughs> Thank you. 
Sunny Honey from Ushi Mosa there from Funky Fräuleins Volume 2. Mm. And before that, Lenny D and the Honey Dripper. Yes, fabulous bit of organ work there. So a uh, pretty high octane uh, start to the show. <laughs> well, you know, well, I'm emulating the life of the bee, you see, a high, very high, oh, I see. high rate of activity there. Goodness me. <laughs> is this whole thing like this is part of your process? You became the <laughs> I bee. I did. And you were did like, you, what would a bee program? Did you not see me dancing throughout those two tunes indicating? Where was, to go and get this money from? Right, I thought this was just you practicing some kind of erotic dancing because you were you were dancing around, indicating the location of various compact discs and vinyl LPs throughout the uh, the dome. We'll see whether you were able to interpret my moves later. Mm. This is the Project Moon Base podcast. If you want to get in touch with us or read our thoughts as they evolve during the week, you can go to twitter.com slash projectmoonbase. Do feel free to follow us. We might follow you back. You can, though, find out a lot more about the show by going to our website. Yes, head on over to projectmoonbase.com where you can find links to all the important social media thingamabobs and whatnots and, uh, and, and a list of all the tracks we played and links to where you can find those tracks on Amazon and iTunes. Project Moonbase is a listener-supported show, so if you have it in mind to purchase anything on Amazon, please use our affiliate link, which you'll see on the website. It's entirely anonymous, it does not cost you a penny, and it keeps us in smoke guns. Now we're going to continue loosely. Some of these connections are a bit tenuous. I mean, even those first two are a little bit tenuous, I, I admit, but um, not directly relating to the, the insect world, but you know... <laughs> <laughs> this next one's okay. I think roughly it's um, one of our favourite chiptune artists, the J. Arthur Keynes Band, although I think it's perhaps just one gentleman. And this is one of many albums you can get for free on the net label 8-Bit Peoples. 
I'll have a link on the website at projectmeanbest.com. This is an album called Computer Savvy, and the description of the album is, is this. Every member of the J.R. The Keen's band have put their heads together to bring you this long overdue release of seven Game Boy-based pop songs, smothered in nearly more overdubs than the substandard system it was recorded on could process. Computer Savvy offers a hazy blend of the archaic sounds you know and love with as many other sounds as could fit. This is a track from this album called Expelling Bee. to keep dub moving progressively <laughs> forward and that was the J. Arthur Keynes band <laughs> with Expelling B. <laughs> so Terry I didn't know you were in the room that's right <laughs> I am 
Wonderful stuff there. Yeah, so freely downloadable, that. If you go to projectmembest.com, you'll see a lovely little button with the word free on it, which will aid you in getting hold of it. I and I. <laughs> Plenty more uh, bee-themed and honey-themed music coming up on this week's show. But with no further uh, mucking around, it's time to inspect the hive of unnecessary news. After computing 26 miles, everyone who finished the Edinburgh Marathon probably expected their medal to be a talking point, but perhaps not for this reason. When the medal, which featured the acronym EMF, standing for Edinburgh Marathon Festival, is flipped over, it looks a bit like a willy. (laughs) The unfortunate design has amused many runners and caused a stir on social networks where dozens of pictures have been posted featuring the medal in various suggestive poses. Oh Oh my goodness. Internet. One runner remarked, I saw one today, and if you turn it round so that the plane back is facing forward, the resemblance is uncanny. (laughs) Uncanny? It just looks like, was it Richard Nixon or Winston Churchill? Mother Teresa. Everyone who did this marathon was talking about it, he says. The resemblance... Who says the resemblance is uncanny? (laughs) Ali Wright from South Queensbury, who ran the Cockenzie to Preston Pan leg of the relay, officially known as the cock and pan leg, wrote, little did I know the prize for that would be so symbolic. Andy Goodson from Essex said he was surprised that the designers failed to spot the issue. My first impression of the medal was that it was a weighty piece of race bling, he said. Really? That looks like a piece of uh, weighty race bling. No. When I had recovered enough to look at the medal, I realised that it was somewhat phallic in shape, he said. Turning it around caused anyone nearby to notice as well. I am a little surprised nobody saw the potential issue, especially as it is designed to have your time added to the back. Somebody <laughs> must have looked at them from that side before it was commissioned. I like the way he's thinking this through. <laughs> is it? He's really going through it. It's like Hercule Poirot, isn't he? It is. A friend said she noticed its shape straight away. Mm, did she? And many people in the park and on Twitter have noticed... I like the fact it's in the park and on Twitter. <laughs> have noticed a similarity to the reproductive organs. I took it to my running club back home and they all laughed. EMF director... Neil Kilgore said he expected organisers would be hearing jokes for years to come. (laughs) To summarise, all these people just ran 26 miles to get a medal that looks a bit like a willy. (laughs) Well done. They must be paralysed at the supermarket, these people, mustn't they? they, They're never going to get past the bananas or the the sausages, are they? they? But um, I think if you are silly enough to run a marathon and you get a willy medal, it serves you right. You've got no sympathy from me. Rogue cheese. Pardon? Yes, Rogue Cheese Rolling Race held in Gloucestershire. <laughs> it's been two years since the annual Gloucester Cheese Rolling Competition was banned on health and safety <laughs> grounds. Boo. Presumably because of its high fat content. <laughs> Hundreds took to Cooper's Hill at uh, Brockworth for a rogue event. Hardcore thrill seekers staged their own unofficial event after the world-famous cheese rolling was officially cancelled in 2010. Competitors took part in four races down the one-in-two gradient slope, three men's races and a woman's race, with the final men's race held with a jubilee cheese, whatever that is. Possibly a cheese drenched in the blood of Republicans. (laughs) I don't know. Just guessing. Several hundred spectators watched as the athletes pursued the double Gloucester cheese down the 200 metres of slippery wet grass, brambles and nettles. They slipped and somersaulted and tumbled their way to the bottom of the hill in spectacular fashion, and the first person to grab the cheese won. Chris Farley, 26, from Brockworth, won the Jubilee race, while local champion cheese roller Chris Anderson won 
the two other adult male races, Lucy Townsend came top of the women's race. Mr Farley said that he was not intending to take part this year, but had been helping to catch people as they reached the bottom of the hill. <laughs> I've won three cheeses, he said. In 2006 I won one, 2008 I won one, and now 2012, aka 20 does. <laughs> yes, that's right, I remember. This is the Jubilee one, he says, adding, I don't even like cheese. <laughs> Well, then you shouldn't be taking part, should you? (laughs) You chase after the cheese, and then you're supposed to eat the cheese, the wheel of cheese. That's right. Just eat it all. They just give you a cream cracker. (laughs) And then... uh, You're not allowed to leave the the field of play until you finish the cheese. Until you've eaten it. You can have some people helping you, but uh, I don't like cheese. The popularity of reality shows has given rise to a new type of mental illness. Oh, I'd love a new type of mental illness, (laughs) don't you? Dubbed the Truman Show Delusion, where patients think they're being secretly filmed. Mm. This isn't too crazy, is it, considering the amount of... We are being secretly filmed. We are. We're all being secretly filmed by CCTV cameras and mean-spirited TV producers. (laughs) Oh my goodness, perhaps I've got it. Nicholas Marzano believes he's the subject of a secret reality show and everyone in his town of Hillside, Illinois is in on it. He's suing HBO in federal court for his, uh, for in his words, filming and broadcasting a hidden camera reality show depicting the day-to-day activities of the plaintiff without his consent. His suit, filed in April, alleges that HBO has hidden cameras throughout his home, installed controlling devices in his car, enlisted the help of local police, and recruited actors to portray attorneys, government and law enforcement officials, physicians, employers, prospective employers, family, (laughs) friends, neighbours and co-workers. Of course, yeah. Okay. So that their show about his life can continue. Mazzano also says HBO is keeping him from getting a job or paying his bills. (laughs) (laughs) So that he will be forced to remain on the show. He appears to be the perfect example of what psychiatrist brothers Joel and Ian Gold describe in a paper published in the journal Cognitive Neuropsychiatry as the Truman Show delusion. Sufferers believe that they are the star of a reality television show secretly broadcasting their daily life. Much like the main character in Peter Weir's film the Truman Show. No, <laughs> really? I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been able to put the, that activity <laughs> together with inc- the increasing popularity of YouTube and reality TV. Gold thinks the disorder is on the rise. Truman Show delusion may be the early 20th century's paranoia du jour. Apparently, I don't know what's sadder that people think they are the stars of their own TV show, or that we think we're doing a radio show. <laughs> where's our Where's our right up in the in the in the nutmegs, <laughs> hey? You are listening to Project Moonbase, or maybe you aren't. We're just fooling ourselves. <laughs> you have been used. Monster. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Mrs. Canium. Thank you, sir. For that first selection of news, there'll be more later on in the show. Now, dear listener, it's time to return to the theme of this week's show, which is bees and the seed track, which inspired us to launch into that topical area. This is, of course, the great patron saint of uh, Project Moonbase, Jean-Jacques Perret, no less. We salute you. <laughs> We're now down on one knee and saluting at the same time. <laughs> and I'm, also, I'm also rubbing my tummy in a, in a <laughs> clockwise motion. And we're facing the direction of Jean-Jacques Perret. Yeah, while spooning a tiny bit of chocolate mousse into our mouth. Mm. There's a a reference back. That was an exclusive for us, I think. Yeah, there we are. Nobody listening to the show knows what the hell we're talking about. Doesn't matter. This whole show is basically just a joke between me and you. (laughs) 
You can get this on the fantastic va- collection of Vanguard recordings called The Outsound from Way In, which collects together about, what, half a dozen or so albums that Jean-Jacques Perret made, some of which are solo albums and some of which he made with his uh, musical partner, Gershon Kingsley. Myself and MZ Zirconium had the great, great pleasure a few years ago of going to see one of the greatest double acts ever to visit uh, Edinburgh, I think. Jean-Jacques Perret and his tiny elephant. <laughs> Sorry, uh, triple bill, I meant to say, that's mm. right. <laughs> his heffalump, he had his little heffalump with yeah. him. The warm-up guy for Jean-Jacques Perret was Dr. Bob Moog. <laughs> that's right. So that was quite a night. <laughs> <laughs> mm. He told he told the story, didn't he, about how he recorded? How he really he was talking about how he used to use tape loops to start out making music. And one of his earliest experiments was this next track, which featured the sound of actual bees, uh, which he recorded in some field somewhere. Yeah, it's um, amazing. I mean, <laughs> it, this is before the age of samplers, before the age of really any kind of electronic instruments that <laughs> yeah. a normal human being could have access to. <laughs> And it just beggars belief what he managed to do with a, a I assume a tape recorder and a yeah. and a, a pair of scissors and right. a lot of sticky tape. And then he basically sped up and slowed down the record the loop of tape to kind of create different notes that he, that he then used to recreate uh, this very famous flight of the bumblebee. And I think I can't remember what he said, but it took him weeks, didn't it? It took him weeks and weeks and weeks to get this tune yeah. <laughs> down, as you can imagine. As you can imagine, if you're working with tiny little loops of tape, it's quite frantic as well. So <laughs> it it's probably, there's a lot in it. <laughs> there is. Yes, it's quite a rich, a rich course. This next one. <laughs> Sit back and enjoy Jean-Jacques Perret with "Flight of the Bumblebee." This is Jean-Jacques Perret, and you are listening to Project Moonbase. Mm-hmm. 
Bunny Go! a belting uh, honey themes tune there that was a tune called honey rock by the great jazz guitarist bernie kessel and gloria wood actress and cartoon voice apparently <laughs> voice of many looney tunes characters and even Minnie mouse on occasion as well extraordinary little factoid there for you dear listener you can get hold of that on a compilation album called tease the beat of burlesque you're listening to this uh, b-themed edition of the project moon based podcast we're now going to have a couple of uh, brand new recordings don't worry, one of them is a cover version. Yes. It's a cover version of Kid A by Quinton Sung, which is something that I found out about via io9.com. If you're a bit of a fan of science fiction, they often they often have some interesting news there. Mm-hmm. And this gentleman, who we know very little about, yes. he's from Hong Kong, apparently, mm-hmm. has done a sort of 8-bit cover version of the whole of Radiohead's Kid A and OK Computer. Yes, two whole albums. If you go to projectmoonbase.com, you can see a link to download them for free if you like this, but it's a kind of a, an 8 bit reimagining it's part of our parallel universe <laughs> yes of remaking things in 8 bit what what if radiohead <laughs> did their album in 8 bit this is what it would sound like it's quite jolly
That was very futuristic, wasn't mm. it? That, that was Miami Lawgiver from Jeff Barrow and Ben Salisbury from an album called Drock, music inspired by Mega City One, which is, I understand, the city in Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd, yes. Well, I was never really that up on the world of 2000 AD, but I gather that Drock is a swear word that's used... <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> that's the error. That's well, the error. we shouldn't really been bandying it around quite so freely, <laughs> then, should we? <laughs> Jeff Barrow from Portishead, keyboard player and multi instrumentalist from uh, Portishead, playing with film soundtrack composer and fellow Bristolian Ben Salisbury, recording under the name of Drock. Jeff Barrow was on the Freakier Zone recently talking about this project, and I gather that uh, they were originally approached to do the soundtrack for the new Dread, I think it's just called Dread films, coming up later this year, 2012. I have a lot of Dread. <laughs> Nothing to do with this show, it's just a personal problem. <laughs> just a theme. It's also gloom. <laughs> Thread and gloom. <laughs> don't think that actually came off in the end, though, but um, they went ahead and recorded an album. That's a pity, isn't it? Yeah. Because there seems to have been a, a, a thing recently of people who are, are quite good getting to do uh, <laughs> getting to do soundtracks. Yes. And I, I enjoyed that. That was very good, that, yes. But the good news is that <laughs> they've obviously released it. They've released it separately, yes. Yeah. So you can actually buy this album. You can get it from various, the usual, all the usual suppliers you go to projectinvest.com we'll have links to uh, amazon and itunes so you can get that uh, there's various different editions i think of that uh, album the whole album is as good as that i think it was made mostly with a pair of old oberheim synthesizers uh, <laughs> don't know why that's funny <laughs> bring in the pair of old <laughs> oberheim we, we need a pair watch of old shit watch the sideboard <laughs> yes indeed and now dearest of listener it is time to sip the nectar of unnecessary news Tim Price was so irritated by cold-calling telephone salesmen that he handed an extra nine Ps to his name in a bid to make them stop. Tim, 49, has changed his name by depot to Tim P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-Rice. Genius. He said, I like it. I did it to put them off, all these people who keep calling me trying to sell me things I don't want. <laughs> I must be uh, on some kind of list, God knows how, because I'm ex-directory. Anyway, my theory is that when these salesmen see my name on their list of names to call, they'll think, blow that, I can't even pronounce his name, so I won't call him. <laughs> He's a genius, cunning, isn't he? He's amazing. <laughs> Tim, former RAF man and dispatch rider who lives in New Parks, Leicester, said he has no regrets. He now refers to himself as Tim 10P Price. Well, let's hope the cold callers aren't listening or reading that. Oh, it's all over, isn't it? Most people, I've told, have a real laugh about it, he said. Ah, Leicester. When I rang the woman at my bank, she was wetting herself. Oh, really? I think it's funny. One of the neighbours told me in great detail how much he hates it. He said I was a idiot but i told him where to get off <laughs> it cost him 30 pounds to change his name via deed pole and a further 70 pounds to change his name on his passport <laughs> i've just got my driving license he says and uh, and my passport i'm looking forward to the next time i go abroad <laughs> that should raise a few eyebrows going through customs yes. yeah because because customs people <laughs> are a... renowned for their yeah. exceptional sense of humor aren't they is that the sound of a latex glove i can <laughs> it might be snapping on <laughs> So it's taken a long time to sort everything out, but I don't regret it at all, he said. I hope the name acts as a fly repellent to all those people, and it, it attracts funny people with a good sense of humour. 
But uh, would it not have been cheaper and easier to register with the Telephone Preference Service, <laughs> a regulatory body that stops marketing calls? I've not heard of that, he says. <laughs> The Telephone Preference Service itself says we cannot comment on that particular case, but perhaps he should have spent a few seconds registering <laughs> his telephone number with the Telephone Preference Service. This free service has proven to be far more effective than uh, deed polling <laughs> your name to make it ridiculous. It's not as fun, though, is it? It's not, it's fun. not as funny, now. I like to make people smile. He says, my mum and dad are dead. <laughs> I don't know what the connection is <laughs> between those two statements. My dad had a great sense of humour, he says. He would have liked it. Okay. I have two brothers. One of them thinks it's funny. The other one isn't speaking to me. <laughs> if you don't want to change your name to something ridiculous, you can contact the uh, telephone preference service at tpsonline.org.uk. Education and information. <laughs> Dutch artist turns his dead cat into a helicopter. <laughs> a Dutch artist has turned his dead cat into a helicopter. Bart Janssen partnered with a helicopter expert to turn his cat Orville, who had been hit by a car, into a feline helicopter. The cat was taxidermied first and then given landing gear and propellers. <laughs> it's making old Tim look like a pretty sensible guy, isn't it? Yes. This. There's a video, which I didn't watch because no, I imagined it would be horrific. I've seen this story as well and I've seen the still. There's a still of the video yeah. and I, that's as far as I was prepared to go. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't. No. So you probably don't want to watch that no. if, you're, if you're a fan of cats. Now, the Olympics is uh, is gearing itself up, or the, it the Olymp Olympocalypse, or whatever we're going to call it. <laughs> it's not going to go well, is it? I mean, I, I've got a bad feeling about the whole thing. London's gearing itself up for the 2012 Olympics, but the World Shin Kicking Championship... <laughs> is uh, on the roster of uh, rustic sports at the annual Cotswold Olympic. That's spelled O-L-I-M-P-I-C-K, <laughs> word fans, uh, which uh, apparently date from 1612. Oh, really? Doesn't make kicking people in the shins any <laughs> no. less stupid, though, does it? <laughs> All that is required to enter is uh, courage, two feet, and as much straw as competitors can shove in, uh, in their trousers, which seems like cheating. The idea is to kick the opponent in the shins until one, one competitor is brought down. <laughs> So it's a complex game. It it's seems like, to be. Yeah. It's like one of those games, like uh, uh, Othello or something like that. You know, <laughs> simple, simple to yeah. uh, to learn. Mm. It takes a lifetime okay. to master. So the idea is to kick your opponent's shins. It's uh, very much a full contact sport with stamina, just as important as speed and agility. Each bout is decided in a best of three. Regular columnist from the Daily Telegraph and Adventure of Ben Fogle entered, but was defeated in early heats. The winner was Zach Warren, a 23-year-old stonemason from Pershaw, Worcestershire. Other games in the Cotswold Olympics include the wheelbarrow race, sack race and tug of war, and of course witch burning. <laughs> My favourite game though is where you sit opposite your opponent, each of you has a wooden mallet, and you take turns uh, trying to knock the other one unconscious. Oh, uh, great. Good fun. Fun we, for all the family. We came up with another potential candidate for an Olympic cast, uh, didn't we, before the recording of this very show, which is uh, closing a Breville toasty maker with mm. a particularly thick sandwich inside. Yeah, if you've got an overstuffed sandwich... You've probably got to get about half a pound of cheese in there. <laughs> and there's just... I'm closing! Come on! Oh my goodness, why? I managed it in the end. I feel like I deserve a medal it took for a while. Yeah. If you were on the clock there, I think you might have been into the penalty. <laughs> and then the penalty is you have to eat it while it's scalding hot. Oh no! You have been used! <laughs> Stinking Bishop. Mmm. <laughs> Disgusting. Thank you, Mrs. Koenig. Thank you, sir. For another scintillating selection of the news stories, there'll be more next week's show.
of course caravan very serpentine version there <laughs> yes. from lawrence welk from the album lawrence welk swings mm. true in i can pat- confirm that <laughs> in that particular case he does yes lawrence welk was one of the great uh, tv stars really from the mid 50s all the way through into the 80s he was a little band leader and accordionist as well apparently but uh, i think a lot of his stuff is, is a little bit too far into the world of the cheesy for our but this particular album and that particular arrangement of show favorite caravan was absolutely <laughs> Fabulous. So we have to we have to give him an airing, I think, uh, with a wonderfully wandering saxophone line <laughs> across was it. Was that saxophone? I, I thought it was, it was the clarinet. The, oh, yeah, good. the licorice stick. <laughs> I might be wrong. It could be, it could be. Maybe they overlap a little bit. Musicologists, clarinetists, (laughs) saxophonists. Please write in and let us know. Now we're going to return to this week's theme, which is that of the world of the bee and honey, etc. We have a few more tracks to to go in that theme, and we're going to have a track from one of our favourite Canadian outside educators, outside of musicians and educators, that of course being Bruce Hack. We're going to have a track from his Electric Lucifer Volume 2, or Book 2, as it's officially called. This has been reissued on vinyl, I think, and CD, so there's very ways in which you can get hold of this and this is a very sinister as you would expect track by mr hack called hooking for the honey (laughs) 
And that was, of course, the sound of a, <laughs> the uh, Sonicon there, and uh, accompanied by the Musitron. <laughs> yes, of course. Featuring uh, Scott Ludwig on the former and Maximilian on the latter from the album The Sounds of Tomorrow. Yes. On which these two gentlemen are sporting some of the loudest coats ever. They're just checkerboard, aren't they? A very tight are, checkerboard yes. with a tiny thin bow tie. Yes, extraordinary. It's a nice look. This duo made their own instruments. In case you're wondering, in case you think you have, I've never heard of the Sonicon before. Or the Musitron. Yes, they actually made these instruments themselves. They're quite uh, extraordinary electronic engineers. They also provided the electronic sounds on that very famous tune, Runaway, which I'm sure many listeners will be familiar with. You can get a compilation of, I think, well, I think I'm right in saying that none of this stuff was recorded, uh, released before. This is a mixture of uh, recordings they made from the mid-60s into the early 70s, and you can get this on an RPM CD. None of it was released, I think, before. And there's a concert, I think, at the end, which includes a version of Caravan, actually, which we will we have played before, so that means we can't play it ever again. <laughs> yeah, those, them's <laughs> the, the rules. Strict! So if you scroll back through the years, you might eventually find that particular version. That is a good point, because <laughs> if you go to projectmumis.com, you will see not just this show available, mm. but millions of other shows! <laughs> well, perhaps not millions, but it depends when you're listening to this. At least, what, what is it, 80? 80, 80-odd, yes. 80 shows. Yes, it's and amazing, we said it? it before, we'll say it again, it builds into an encyclopedia of the complete... <laughs> complete musical history yes. of the universe past Indeed. present and future the only way you can really understand the current ep- episode of project moonbase is to listen to all previous 80 plus episodes where that, that's the advice we'd give you if there's any strange references in the show that you don't understand then you have to listen to everything that we've recorded before so just block out some time and get listening <laughs> and uh, gareth d catch up <laughs> that's right but we should, what we should do is plant some insults in shows <laughs> to Gareth D. Edwards and just see how long it takes him to react to them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't really do that. He's no, one of our loyal shouldn't, moon, we shouldn't do that. moon royalty. Moon right. royalty. And now it's time for the Project Moon Base Multimedia Mashup. <laughs> It is. It's that time in the show where we like to thank our loyal listeners for spreading the word about Project Moon Base in various different ways. Twitter's been quite active recently. We had uh, uh, some feedback through that. I posted a link informing our followers that it was uh, the great Sir Christopher Lee's 90th birthday. We salute you, sir. (laughs) We salute you, sir. And a link to PMB 71, which actually features the great uh, Sir Christopher singing. Yes, singing. At the end of that particular episode, if, if you yeah. if you found that hard to believe, then tr- track down that podcast immediately. He's done a few albums, hasn't he? <laughs> yes, clearly enough, and we mock him for it gently on that on that episode. <laughs> and our, our our entire back catalogue is available for you to peruse via the Project Moonbase oh, yes. website. A historic endeavour to bring <laughs> us the greatest music <laughs> created by men and ladies, men and, and ladies. sometimes frogs. Sometimes frogs, yes. And uh, we got a retweet for that from our follower, Kate Lady, which then led on to a retweet from a follower of hers, Terry Yates. This is how we Any to... retweet from Sir Christopher himself? Uh, no mentions from Sir Christopher as yet. I'm grateful. <laughs> See how we turn. See how we turn here. Why? Why? <laughs> Thanks to uh, Stephen Griffiths, uh, Dom Maitland, uh, Johan van der Kneif, Val's Spaceship, otherwise known as Sergio, our chiptune artist, uh, for retweeting... We want to enjoy a retweet. Spread the word, please. Thank you very much. We got a hilarious response from our follower, Johan van der Kneif, as well, about um, a video of the great Klaus Wunderlich. <laughs> uh, him uh, performing in concert 
I don't know, it looks like it was recorded in a shopping centre or something. It's a very odd setting. But he's got this audience behind him and they just there's absolutely no reaction from them whatsoever. <laughs> They're just standing there kind of staring at him. And he's kind of doing all these kind of little tricksy things on the, on the organ and they're not impressed at all. Xanax. <laughs> and they just kind of, what, what, what's wrong with them? I don't know. Klaus Wunderlich. Klaus Wunderlich, yeah. It's very funny. There's a, you've, if you go to our Twitter feed, you'll see that. See, uh, Johan's uh, mentioned that. That's very good. We've got a response. Remember we were asking last time about, we asked our Hungarian listener, uh, George Dold, about the reference to Lion and the Cucumber. Oh, yes. We've got an answer. Well, that might be not terribly savoury because apparently it's a reference in the vi- Vampiros Lesbos <laughs> soundtrack steady on <laughs> i'm not sure we should pursue that any further stepping away but at least we we know sometimes it's best not to know isn't it <laughs> to know too much detail but thanks anyway thanks anyway yes uh kane monkey said ah the judicious application of project moonbase makes even the worst day feel better true we're like a salve we're like a musical salve mm. on the subject of great organists uh dave frank who I think runs a series of YouTube masterclasses with some jazz giants, got in touch with us to mention that he's recorded a session with Dick Hyman, no less. The great man himself. Still pia- going strong. <laughs> still going strong. This is a piano uh, masterclass, but it's still very much worth watching, and uh, we retweeted that as a, a reference that you can go and watch uh, Dick Hyman in action there. We had a tweet from our new follower and um, keyboard player extraordinaire, singer-songwriter Lorraine Bowen, a regular listener to the show, who has been spending quite a lot of time with the great Barbara Moore of late. Babs. Babs. Possibly a forgotten figure from the world of soundtrack composing. But, but we uh, haven't forgotten. We, oh, no, 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 no. Um, maybe we should play some of her music. We probably should. We probably should. I, I listened to some not that long ago. It was, it was really quite good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, she's a card as well. She so is a bit of a be, card. Uh, should be entertaining. She's um, doing a show with them. Um, they're doing a show together, essentially, at uh, a London festival called Hot August Fringe, which is in August, as you might gather. This is 2012 for futurologists out there. And uh, they're doing a, an interview, as it were, on stage with uh, film clips and performances by Babs and Lorraine together. That could be quite a laugh. Crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's more information about that at hotaugustfringe.com. We'll post a link nearer the time on our very own website. We've had a message from a new follower, Ruth Barnes. In the spirit of the Project Moonbase multimedia mashup, especially enjoyed the Shaft medley <laughs> on this week's show. I think you replied to that, Mrs. Cannon, didn't you? By saying Klaus is Wunderlich. Klaus is Wunderlich. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> That's very good, yeah. Perhaps too clever. <laughs> And there's another one you reply to, I think, here as well. Chris Sharp, how did I not know about you? Have you been hiding from me? I shall be absorbing your great podcast from this day forth. Splendid stuff. Good stuff. Welcome aboard. Laws K informed us about a great Twitter account we hadn't heard of called Robot from Wales. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's, who comes up with some slightly odd and random tweets. Robot from Wales apparently tweeted recently, Where to is the Moonbase to? Good question. <laughs> Thanks for putting us in touch, Loz. <laughs> we'll see what we can do there. We've had an email from our uh, Antipodean ambassador, Boydie, who has been in touch. He used to live in Edinburgh. That's where he first uh, heard about the show and tuned in to our long-lost radio show. He has been in touch with us via email to mention that he's still enjoying the show, even though it's going to podcast form, which is delightful. So thank you for getting in touch. He, may, he says, I'm currently listening to PMB 80. 80? Stop the nonsense. Not possible. I remember the day driving past the meadows ah, when you issued the sad news that the live broadcast were coming to a close. And that was quite a while ago now. And he's still with us, though. He's still sticking with us. He said he particularly enjoyed the Fractions song that we played. 
Good man. And I mentioned in reply that we that same gentleman who did that tune has done a, a song about the periodic table. Oh. So we should do a periodic table show, shouldn't we? Really? We should. It's about time. It is, really. <laughs> I feel slightly ashamed of myself. I don't know how we haven't done that already. Uh, good luck, Boydie. Keep uh, keep mentioning the show to Australians. Well, that's right. Well, I should also mention that even even though he is several tens of thousands of miles away, he's ha- he says, I've got a lad called the Guru who lives in the Burr, I think he means Edinburgh, hooked on your show. So I've spread the word. No one here in Oz yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> Nothing says listen to the project movies <laughs> like a nice sandwich board. <laughs> yes. And a bell. <laughs> Go old school. <laughs> That's, that's worked so far. I'm still saying <laughs> face tattoo. You know, just putting it out there. Yeah. We've currently got eight ratings on, on uh, iTunes mm-hmm. and two reviews. Yes. Thank you very much for all, for all that. Somebody has, has marked us down because we were at five stars. And now we're at four and a half. Oh, what? That's, that's, if, that's not If you're cricket. listening, <laughs> come on. You don't. You don't have to listen, but if you do listen, you do need to join the cult 100%. It's, so a, it's all or nothing with Project Moonbase. We're, exactly. We're pleading <laughs> our current listeners to go to iTunes yeah. and give us a, a nice rating, if you mm. would. And you can, if, you did, if you did want to say a nice word yes. about us, that would very much help us Please and do, maybe yeah. get the word out and mm. give us a little bit of encouragement. Because, mm. frankly, I'm teetering on the brink of the <laughs> abyss here. Oh, dear. I just need a couple of... I need some love from people <laughs> I don't know on iTunes. Measured in stars. That might pull me back from the brink. And, and in case you think, well, you're my least favourite part of the show. If I go down, I'm taking, I'm taking Bongo Boy with me. Oh, dear. I think that'll do it. It's a mixture, <laughs> it's it's a mixture of, like, pathetic... Let's see, shall pathetic we? Pathetic th- uh, threat. Let's keep an eye on the stats <laughs> this week. And thanks for those that have rated. <laughs> yes. Yes, the more ratings and reviews we get, preferably of a positive nature, the more prominent we get within iTunes. So uh, please, please, uh, yeah. please do that. We don't quite know how to win their favour, but no. we think this might be it. It's very complicated algorithm they use, but we don't. We'll get there. We'll work it out. now we have time for one final track on the show we've played this before on radio but not i don't think on a podcast it's an absolutely brilliant swedish version it's a, it's a swedish songstress from the 50s called ingot hoffman it's a version of kiss me honey honey kiss me sung in swedish which just adds an extra <laughs> a delicious frosting of uh, of chucklesomeness <laughs> so uh, until next week dear listener Smek mig, honey, honey, smek mig Ta mig i din famn och ge som nu Så honey, honey, Aha. en kyss Det finns en lek jag en gång lärde mig Och som jag nu vill du ska lära dig Kom närmare så ska du strax förstå Närmare ändå Kiss mig, honey, honey, kiss mig Smek mig, honey, honey, smek mig Ta mig i din famn och ge som nu Så honey, honey, Aha. en kiss Det brukar börja med en lek så här Men slutar ofta med att man blir kär Kom närmare och låt oss pröva på Närmare ändå 
Kyss mig, hanni, hanni, kyss mig Smek mig, hanni, hanni, smek mig Ta mig i din famn och ge som nyss Och hanni, hanni, en kyss Jag tror du lekte en leken för min vän Den kyss du gav mig nyss den bränner än Kom närmare och lär mig leka så Närmare ändå Kyss mig, hanni, hanni, kyss mig Smek mig, hanni, hanni, smek mig Ta mig i din famn och ge som nyss Så hanni, hanni en kyss Ta mig i din famn och ge som nyss Och hanni, hanni En kyss The historic sound of the future is so bright You probably should wear sunglasses Next time on Project Moonbase Sunbeam